0: Uh, I'm beginning a new series today uh, called Face to Face, Face to Face, and we're going to talk about what it is to have an encounter with God, what it means to have an encounter with God, and and it's so great that this morning, even during our worship time and uh, even in our giving time, we've been just, this this key word has been kind of thrown out there, and I don't believe it's by accident, but this word encounter, this word encounter, and so I want to talk about what it is to have an encounter with God and what that looks like, and what does that mean for us. Uh, I, I initially, I, I was going back and forth with the title of this series. Initially, my, my, my first thought of the title of this series was to title it FaceTime, right? How many of us know what FaceTime is, right? And, and, and so I, I, I immediately, I, I just cut it off, and I said, no, I don't want it to be called FaceTime, because if I say FaceTime, we nowadays have a different interpretation of what that means. You know, but, but, but before uh, we had access to cell phone technology, uh, before we had access to having video conference calls on our phone, uh, when, when we said we wanted FaceTime, what that meant was I, I need to go to where you are and I need to sit in the same room with you. I need to look at you face to face. Whatever I need to communicate with you, whatever I need to say to you, is just it's that important that I can't do it over the phone. That's why we know what this is, or you've experienced this in your own life, or maybe you know somebody who has, but maybe when you, you get a diagnosis from the doctor, and the doctor doesn't want to tell you over the phone, and he says, hey, I'm going to need you to come in. I'm going to need you to come in. Well, immediately, because we're, we, we know how this thing is, is played out, we're like, oh my goodness must be something serious or must be something he can't tell me over the phone. And a lot of that is just because I, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm telling you. I need you to see me, my face. I need to look at you in the face and communicate this important news to you. And so when we talk about FaceTime, we're talking about a face-to-face encounter with someone. And so what I'm talking about over the next few weeks is, is what it is to have a face-to-face encounter with with God. To encounter someone means to, to, to meet up with them, to have contact with them. And so this morning, I, I want us to begin to go on this journey of, of what it is to, to have, a, a, have, have contact and personal uh, 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 meeting time with God, not, not from a distance, but up close and personal and face-to-face. Because when you're face-to-face with someone, It's a whole different environment and a whole different atmosphere when you're talking to somebody face to face. When you're staring at somebody in their face, when you're staring somebody eye to eye, there's always this weirdness, awkwardness to it sometimes, right? Some of you are comfortable with that, some of you are not. In fact, here's what I want you to do I want you to turn to the person you're sitting next to, just turn and face them, look at them in the eye, and hold it for five seconds. Hold it, ready? Five, four, three. Y'all can stop. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see if y'all would do it. Y'all did it. Now, for some of you, it was like, ah, that's no big deal. But for others of you, that was devastating. Especially for somebody you don't know. You're like, oh, this is so awkward right now. I don't even know this person. And I'm staring at them in the eye. Like, it just, it creates this vulnerability, right? You feel so exposed in the moment, like, oh my goodness, they see into my soul. And so when we talk about face-to-face, when we talk about encounters with God, we're, we're, we're talking about something that is so, so close, so, so intimate, so personal that I want every single one of us to experience in this church. Exodus thirty-three eleven talks about a man named Moses. It says that, that, that God would speak to Moses face to face as one friend to another. Think about that. God would speak to Moses face-to-face as one friend to another. I would used to read passages like this, and as great as that passage is, it would bother me. And it would bother me because I didn't have that. I'm like, God, I want to know what it's like to have a face-to-face conversation with you. God, I, I want to know what it's like to have you speak to me as a friend, like, like, I want that. I want what Moses has. And after I would kind of go through that scenario playing in my head of, 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 of why it bothered me so much, then I would begin to justify why I felt the way that I did. Well, well surely God would speak to somebody named Moses. His name is Moses. Yeah, you, you chose this man this man you chose to lead the Israelites out of Egypt this is the man you chose to go speak with you on Mount Sinai you gave him the Ten Commandments to to share with the people like like it makes sense that you would speak to somebody like Moses and I'll never be Moses so let me just be satisfied with the way I'm I'm communicating with you now and and we just kind of move on and, and and it seems to be the way that we kind of view uh, what it is to have an encounter with God we we think well yeah it makes sense for somebody like the pastor to have a face-to-face encounter with God. It it makes sense for somebody like a missionary or an evangelist to have face-to-face encounters with God, because there are probably people in here today that believe that I I talk with God face-to-face every day just because I'm a pastor. Well, it makes sense. He's the pastor. And I'm not a pastor, so I just have to be satisfied with the means of communication I have with God now. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. I don't want you to be satisfied with that. God would speak to Moses face to face as one friend to another. I want you to desire that this morning. I want you to desire face to face encounters with God. I want you to desire it. I want you to encounter him. I want you to be intimate, close, and personal with your father. Face to face. What does it mean to have an encounter with God? Don't leave it up to people named Moses. Don't leave it up to just the pastors and the missionaries and the evangelists and those who, are, who work full-time in ministry. Or don't, don't just say, well, yeah, I, they're the ones that have that face-to-face encounter. No, clearly somebody like me would never be able to have that type of face-to-face encounter with God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And let's go on this journey together because I want to show you some things this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Because now we know that God speaks to Moses like a friend does. He, He has that close connection with Moses. And the reason why he had that close connection with Moses is because he couldn't have, in that time, he could not have that connection with anybody else. Why? Because of sin. Sin separates man from God. And so God did not want to have face-to-face encounters with sinful people. He couldn't do it. He was too holy. And if he had a face-to-face encounter with, with men, they would just obliterate in a moment. They could not be next to his holiness. They couldn't be next to that glory. They couldn't stand it. They wouldn't be able to live. And so God had to appoint or choose a a person. He had to choose a representative to say, hey, I'm going to speak to you so that you can speak to the people. I can't be face to face with everybody. And so Moses, I need you to speak for me. I need you to listen to what I say, and I need you to communicate that to the people. And So that's how it went. But now we fast forward to the New Testament 2 Corinthians 3:16, 16, verse 16 says this, "But whenever anyone, who? But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away." Let's stop for a moment. This is so good. It says, "Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, in faith, whenever anyone in faith turns to God, whenever anyone in faith searches for God." It says, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. In other words, what that means is whenever you turn to God, there is nothing hindering you from having a genuine encounter with the Lord. Jesus makes that possible. See, before where God had to appoint a representative, God had to appoint one man. God had to appoint somebody to speak to so he could speak on behalf of God to the people. Now, because of Jesus, Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus lives a perfectly sinless life. He he dies on a cross for the sacrifice of our sins. And because of that, there is now no more veil. There is now no more hindrance. Our only prerequisite, our only requirement is that we turn to God. And so let me break this down even further. Jessica, what that means is when you turn to God, there is absolutely nothing that can hinder you from having a genuine encounter with the Lord. When you turn to God. Sergio, when you turn to God, There is absolutely nothing that will hinder you from having a personal encounter with the Lord. That's what that means on a personal level, because the veil is removed. There is nothing stopping you from having a friendship with the Lord when you turn to him. See, yeah, there are those who aren't seeking God. There are those that could probably care less about any of this. There are those who aren't turning to the Lord. I I get that. But when you turn to the Lord. When you start to seek God, what he's telling you is, hey, if you seek me, you're going to find me. If you seek me, there is nothing stopping you from having an encounter with me. Because now he wants to meet with us. Jesus makes that possible. So it says that when you turn to the Lord, when anyone, it doesn't say when the pastor turns to the Lord. It doesn't say when the missionary turns to the Lord. It doesn't say when the evangelist turns to the Lord. It says when anyone, say anyone, that means you. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Nothing is stopping you from encountering your father, your God. It says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So what does that mean? So now that you've turned to God and the veil is removed, the veil is taken away, you are now, you are now, it's now possible for you to encounter God. And what you're going to discover about the Lord is that the Lord is spirits. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a freedom. Freedom. There is a freedom, not just from sin, not just from your guilt, not just from condemnation, but there is a freedom to meet with him. See, see, your encounter with God is not restricted to a place. Like, you don't have to come here to encounter God. You will encounter him here, we believe that, but, but don't limit it to a place. You don't have to go to a priest to encounter God. Why? Because the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You have access to encounter God. Don't limit it to a place. Don't limit it to a person. Don't limit it to a worship song. But you have freedom. You have access to him any time, any place you want to. You can encounter God in the car. You can encounter God on the job site. You can encounter God at the mall. You can encounter God in a bar. What? My dad didn't go into detail with this earlier, but he had an encounter with God at the bar. Am am I, am I correct? Wait, what's God doing in a bar? He's going after his son. Right? Right? Where, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You're not hindered and you're not restricted in how and when you encounter God. All you have to do is turn to him. And he is there. Why? The veil is lifted. The veil is removed. There's nothing hindering you from encountering God. And I want you to understand this, and I want you to get this this morning, because I think there are many of us that are are limited in our thinking when it comes to what it is to have an encounter with God. Many of us think there's only certain groups of people that have that type of access to encounter God. Like, like, there's some people that think that I have this, like, special, like, bat phone with, like, only me and God have had that connection to. And when the phone rings, I just pick it up, and I'm like, yes, God, what do you want me to tell your people? Because they can't hear you for themselves. Like, people think that way. But this text says no. It says when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, the veil is removed, and the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is a freedom. You can meet and access and and commune with him anytime, anywhere. You can have an encounter with God. Well, how do you know you've had an encounter with God? Let's keep reading. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what is that saying there? What's that saying is there is that you cannot have an encounter with God and not experience some sort of transformation. You're going to walk different, as Pastor Chris said this morning. You're going to talk different. You're going to think different. You can't have an encounter with God and not be changed. You want to know if you've had an encounter with God, is your life different? Because it says in the text, it says in the text, it says that those of us with unveiled faces, talking about us who've had encounters with God, we contemplate, we think about the Lord's glory, and it says that we're being transformed into his image. We are being changed. Like something is happening. When we have an encounter with the Lord, something begins in us. It doesn't make us perfect, but it makes us different. And so, when encounters with God happen in your life, you want to know what what the litmus test of that is? You want to know if you've really encountered God? Where are you different? Where are you changed? Where are you transformed? And so we can all have an encounter with God. We can all have a face-to-face moment with the creator of the universe because of Jesus, because of the way that he has created for us. and Because of that way, there is a freedom. And because of that freedom, We can be changed and we can be different. And I'm just trying to lay a foundation for us this morning because I want us to know what it is to have an encounter with God. I want us to know that it's not limited to certain groups of people, certain more spiritual people. It only requires you to turn to him in faith. It only requires you to look for him, to seek for him, to to, to search him out, and you will find him. So what do we need to have an encounter with God? What do we need? I, I, you said we have freedom so we can encounter God anywhere, anytime, anyplace. So, so, so break it down for me some more because I, I want to encounter God, but I, I don't know if I have. I don't know if, if I'm doing it right. I don't know what this, this all means. Well, let me kind of break it down even a step further. What do we need to have an encounter with God? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. The apostle Paul writes this. He says, I came to you In weakness with great fear and trembling my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power so what do we need to have an encounter with God we need power not just words follow me. He says, look, I I, I didn't come to you as the best preacher. I didn't come to you as the best speaker. I didn't come to you in any of those things. I, I, I didn't have the best speech. I didn't have the best persuasive words, but I came to you in the Spirit's power. I came to you in the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. Don't be impressed with me don't be impressed with what I can bring you, because I can't bring you much. See, I, I, every, Sunday, I, every Sunday I have this struggle. When I, Before I get up here, I, I, I'm in my office and, and I'm just asking I'm like, Lord, if you are not in this, like, like I can talk, I can persuade people, I can get people to believe things, because I like to talk. but that's just human ability. That's just something I can do. But if there's no power behind it, if the Spirit's power is not in it, then these are just words. And so I pray, I'm like, God, let everything that I share this morning, let it just, let it go deep into their hearts. Let it go deep into their spirit. Let it go so deep that it prompts them to desire change, that it prompts them to desire transformation. Because if you aren't in it, shut me up. Because other than that, I'm just wasting my time and I'm wasting your time. So we need power, not just words. We need power. We need the Spirit's power. We need the Holy Spirit's power if you're truly desiring to have an encounter with the Lord. We need His power. What else do we need to have an encounter with God? There's a story in the Gospel of John where Jesus heals a blind man. Jesus heals a blind man. He gets dirt, spits in the dirt. He, I don't know what he does. Some people like to, like to say that he, he created again, like he created an eyeball, or he created some stuff from the dirt. We don't know what he did, but I think it's just super cool that he spit in the dirt and put mud in the dude's eye, and the, the, the man was healed, he could see again. A miracle took place, something supernatural happened. Well, well, so this man who was healed, commotion starts to happen. They start to recognize, hey man, that's, that's the blind man that we've seen here all these years. This, we know this guy's been blind since birth, and now he can see. Well now, religious leaders who hated Jesus, who were looking for any type of excuse to get rid of Jesus, had a problem on the day that Jesus healed this man because he healed him on the sabbath he healed him on a day that there's not supposed to be any work not supposed to do anything and so they start interrogating this man who was healed they're like who is this man that healed you like who who is he, is he he's a sinner surely he can't be of god because he 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 did something on the sabbath he did something against what god would want who who is this guy they were trying to discredit jesus and so they're going back and forth with this man that was healed. And in chapter 9, verse 17 of the Gospel of John, it says, then they turn again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and the man replied, well, he, he's a prophet. Clearly, he's a prophet. He's, he, he speaks for the Lord. I, something happened. And then they, they, keep, they keep pestering him and pestering him again. Who's this guy that healed you? He's a sinner. Who is he? What is he? Verse 25, the man replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Like, I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know much about him. All I know is that I can see now. All I know is that something happened. He spit in the mud and put it in my face, and now I can see. That's all I know. That's all I'm thinking about right now. Y'all can argue all you want, but I was blind, and now I can see. So what does that mean? It means that we need an encounter, not just an explanation. We need a true, genuine encounter with God, not just somebody explaining what an encounter with God is. Let me put it to you another way. You ever been on vacation somewhere or or traveled somewhere and you went to somewhere really cool, really cool, you and your family or maybe just you by yourself, whatever, and then you come back home and you start telling about your vacation, you start telling about where you went, and you're super excited about it because you experienced something really, really cool. And so you're talking with a friend or a family member. You're like, oh, yes, we did this and we did that. And, oh, man, it was super cool. Oh, and you're just going on and on and on about it. You're super excited about it. But you start to recognize that the person you're telling is not that excited as you are. You start to kind of lose steam because you're like, wait a second. And then you end the whole conversation If man, you just should have been there. Right. Like that's happened time and time again. I'm trying to get somebody to to get it and get the excitement, same excitement. Like, yeah, that's really nice, Chris. That's really cool. But you should have been there. And that's the way it is when it comes to encounters with God. I can try and try and try and try to explain to you what it is to encounter God. I can try to share with you what it is to have a true, genuine encounter with God. But an explanation is not going to change anybody. You need your own encounter. You need your own encounter with God. Our faith can probably get built up. We can probably be happy for the person and excited for the person. But until you have your own genuine encounter with God, you just have to be there. See, we need an encounter, not just an explanation. And sometimes one of my biggest fears is that I feel like I'm just explaining something up here. And some people get it. Some people connect with it, and they're like, yes. And then there are those who don't. There are those who say encounters with God and all that kind of stuff. That's just not for me. That, that's just not for me. I don't know if I really need that in my life. And that's the way it is when you have an encounter with God and you're super excited about it and the Lord does some things in your life and you start sharing with people what God has done in your life and and, and sometimes they're excited, sometimes they're not. Sometimes we just need to stop and just pray like, Lord, let them have their own encounter with you. I can try to explain to them what's happening in my life. Y'all know how it is, right? God has done something new in your life brand new in your life, you get so excited about it, you start sharing about it, posting about it, and talking to people about it, and it seems like not everybody's excitement level is at your level. And and it can be a downer sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, man, I wish you could get just as excited as I am. But I would encourage you not to worry and just stop and say, Lord, you know what? They're not as excited as I am about what you've done in my life. Lord, I pray they have their own encounter. Lord, I pray you meet with them the same way, if not more, than you met with me. Because I could try to explain it, and I can try and try and try to get them to get it, but sometimes they just won't get it. Lord, give them their own. And that's my prayer for every single one of us in this room this morning. Lord, give them their own encounter with you. Give them their own face-to-face encounter with you. Let them come to know you for themselves. We need an encounter, not explanations. We need power, not just words. But what else do we need? Romans 8-11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Romans eight eleven is probably one of the coolest verses ever because what it says is that the same spirit, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells and lives inside of you and me. I don't know about you, but resurrection power is pretty big. The power to raise anybody from the dead is pretty big. But the Bible tells us that that power resides in you. That power lives in you. What does that mean? It means we need presence. We need the presence of God. We need to acknowledge his presence. And let me tell you something this morning. If you've been born again, If you live as Jesus is Lord of your life, that means that that spirit is in you, that powerful spirit resides on the inside of you. And you need to acknowledge that presence that walks with you every single place that you go. And here's the thing, we get to a place sometimes where we hear a passage like that, and I do. I'm like, man, Resurrection power is on the inside of me? Really? Man, then why don't I see that power demonstrated? Like, why don't I see that in my life at times? Why don't I see the supernatural happen all the time if that power truly resides in me? Could it very well be That we don't present opportunities for that power to come out of us? Could it be that we miss opportunities for that power to be demonstrated in our lives? Let me take it even a step further for you. You may not need to see physical healing happen. You may not need to see people come out of wheelchairs. You may not need to see broken arms heal. You may not need to see that, but you know what? One of the greatest miracles that could ever happen in a person's life is the transformation from death to life. And one of the greatest demonstrations of that resurrection power in your life is when you share your faith with somebody. When you talk to somebody about Jesus, That's a demonstration of resurrecting power in your life. And there's nothing like it. When you begin to share your faith with somebody and and something just clicks and something just, just, they just get it. Countenance changes. Moods change. Something shifts, shifts, something happens, transformation happens. That is resurrection power. But I would challenge you this morning is that the very reason you may not see that active in your life is because you don't activate it and because you don't use it. When was the last time you shared your faith with somebody? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you told somebody about what Jesus has done in your life? When was the last time you told somebody about the encounter that you had with Jesus in your life? When was it? When was it? And the reality for many of us is that the majority of us in this room today, and I'm only speaking on behalf of our church, but this is going on in churches all over the world. The reality is upwards of 90% of people, 90% have never shared their faith with somebody. 90 percent. That means there's only 10 percent of us in here who have ever shared our faith with somebody, and that's not even on a regular basis. That's just maybe one or twice, once or twice. But we wonder why we don't see a true demonstration of resurrection power in our church. Maybe it's because we're not sharing our faith enough. Maybe it's because we're maybe it's because we're 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 shy. Maybe it's because we're maybe we're afraid, maybe we're timid with it. But some of you need to know that you have resurrection power on the inside of you. Because my Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Dwells in you. How many of you desire to have an encounter with the Lord in your life? I'm not just going to assume everybody wants that. I'm not going to assume that because I get it. For some folks, this is, this is just weird. Some folks, it's like, man, I don't see where that fits in in my life. And I, and I get that and I understand that. But look, when you're somebody who's been changed and transformed, When you're somebody that's had a genuine encounter with God, when you're somebody that knows where your life was once headed and God came through and snatched you and got you and turned your life around, when you you come to that realization, then you know, hey, man, that same encounter that I had with God, man, I want them to have that same encounter too. You can't keep it inside. You can't keep your mouth closed when you've had an encounter with God. When you've had an encounter with God, you want to tell everybody, because you want everybody to experience what you've experienced. If you don't, you're just a hoarder. Let's just stack it up in my house. Let's just keep it for me. Look what I got, look what I got. And what that means is we're not operating in the true power that we've been given. We're not operating in the true mission that we've been set to walk in. We're not walking in the resurrection power that the Bible tells us that we have on the inside of us. I desire an encounter with God. and The Bible tells me that all I need to have that, that encounter with God is, is I just turn to him. I turn to him. some of you maybe for the very first time need to just turn to him this morning if you desire an encounter with him maybe for some in here you turn to him at one time and maybe it's been a while since you've turned to him again the bible says that the veil is removed the veil is taken away there is nothing hindering you from having an encounter with the lord today in this time, let's stand to our feet. This morning, there were those that said that you desire to have an encounter with the Lord. And if that's true, I just, let's just lift your hands to the Lord for a moment. Just lift your hands to him. It's not about anybody else in here. It's not about the people standing next to you. It's not about what's going to happen. I'm about to let you out of here in just a few minutes. You're going to get to lunch. You're going to get to where you need to go. But I'm talking to you to desire a true, genuine encounter with the Lord. A true, genuine encounter. And all we have to do is turn to him. Just turn to him. It's not about doing anything weird. It's not about doing anything. Just just turn him. Just begin to seek him. Just say, Lord, I, I turn to you. I seek you this morning. I need you this morning. I need to have an encounter with you today. Today. Today, God. Father, you see hands lifted. My hand is lifted. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you to meet with me. I need you to speak to me. I I need you to show me. I, I just, I need your presence, God. I need you. Some of you are going through some really crazy things right now, some really hectic times in your life. You don't have answers. You don't have peace. You don't have joy. You're trying to search for all these different answers. All I'm going to tell you this morning is just turn to the Lord. Just turn to the Lord. Say, God, I need an encounter with you today. I need you to meet with me right now. Right now. God, you see every hand lifted. Father, I pray that you would meet with them right now, individually, personally, right now, face to face. We acknowledge your presence in this room this morning. We acknowledge your power in this room today. Lord, we need an encounter with you. You see every need in this place, Lord. You see every hurt, every struggle. You see where joy has been stripped away. You see where peace has been stripped away. Father, I pray that you would restore joy in your sons and daughters today. I pray that you would restore peace in your sons and daughters today, right now, in this moment. Supernaturally, do a work that only you can do, God do a work that only you can do this morning. Because we turn to you and we trust you. Just tell them, God, I need you. If that's you this morning, say, God, I need you. I need you. Thank you for meeting with us today. And Father, we acknowledge today, Lord, that this meeting with you is not limited on a place. Lord, I pray that even as we leave out of here today, as we drive in our cars, as we're in our homes, wherever we at, Father God, that we would have an encounter with you. That, Lord, that encounters with you would just be the norm for us. We thank you that you're a God that meets with us. God of the universe, creator of all things, Meets with you, meets with me. God, we thank you for your presence that lives on the inside of us. Just thank him for his presence this morning. Thank him that he doesn't leave you to fend for yourselves. Thank him that he is with you, that he's always been with you. He's always been with you. Just acknowledge him this morning. Just acknowledge him in this place. Touch hearts this morning. Touch minds this morning. Remove fear and anxiety. Depression. In the name of Jesus. And restore the joy restore the peace in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.